Hallie G with the Golf Insiders. It's moving day at the U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline, just outside Boston, and it is a quintessential golf day. Chamber of Commerce weather here, and we're going to check in with a man that's been on top of all the action this week for the Golf Channel, Damon Hack, co-host of Golf Today. Good morning. Holly G, how are things? Well, so nice to be out of the Florida heat, Damon. Today it's going to be a little breezy, high about 65. We had a little cold front that came in yesterday, but didn't disrupt play. So I think uh, the Irish luck was in the players' favor. Yeah, I tell you what, the, the weather sure did change from the first couple of days. Like you mentioned in the 80s, going to be in the 60s this weekend. The wind's supposed to pick up already windy today, early in the third round. This afternoon, going to be very windy. We're talking about wind gusts into the 20s. Golf course drying out. No more rain really expected of any uh, substance over the weekend. So I expect this golf course to start drying out, getting even more difficult. And tell you what, par, as we say, is going to be a very good score around a U.S. Open. It sure is. Saying it's moving day, I think it's more protect your position day, Damon. This rough around the greens is eating up some of these guys' chips, and we saw Roy save a key double bogey yesterday. Uh, what were your overall thoughts about yesterday's round? Yeah, it's amazing how we can go from a PGA Tour season where we're seeing like 34 under win uh, as we did at that opening event, the Century Tournament of Champions on Maui, you know, Cameron Smith, 34, John Rahm, 3,300. And then you get to the national championship, and it's a reminder of how treasured par is. And par is a very good score around here. The rough is thick. The greens are fast. And the players are having to really stay on top of their game, not just physically but mentally. And I've talked to a lot of the players after their rounds and to see how exhausted they are, not just from the walk, but having to think on every single golf shot that they hit. The margins are so small and so thin. And they come off the golf course absolutely tuckered and ready to get a nice meal, get some rest, uh, get some sleep, and get back at it the next day. And this is what makes a U.S. Open a U.S. Open, right, Damon? I mean, it's about controlling not only your mind, but controlling your course management and, you know, your physical game. Yeah, and it's so fun to see the names that we always seem to see. I mean, John Rahm, who we knew how much he loved Torrey Pines. He had won his first PGA Tour event there and was a heavy favorite going into that U.S. Open last year. But to hear him walk off this golf course, you know, these last couple of days, talking about his embrace of the uniqueness and quirkiness and difficulty of the country club. To see, you know, Scotty Scheffler, who played here as an amateur in the 2013, Team U.S. amateur and be uh, so thankful of the little extra knowledge that he has compared to some of his peers here. Uh, he and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew, of course, won the U.S. Amateur in 2013 here. So they respect this golf course. They know that any you know slip in concentration could lead to a double bogey or worse with the snap of a finger. I was out there Wednesday, Damon. I think one of the things the viewers at home don't get to see are the severe undulations and tears in these greens. Not unlike uh, Augusta National, right? Until you're seeing the course up front to really appreciate what they have to work around. Yeah, these players uh, seeing this golf course, many of them 
for the first time. I caught up with Rory McIlroy on Tuesday uh, during his practice round on the 12th green. I said, Rory, you know, you've played in U.S. Opens before, but never here. How would you describe this test? And he said, it's best page black meets Pebble Beach's greens. And I thought it was a fantastic comp, you know, talking about kind of the rock outcroppings that you see in New England and the Northeast and the golden fescue. That reminded him of Beth Page and some of the bunkering, but the size of the greens, very small. The second smallest greens uh, per square footage uh, behind Pebble Beach in the U.S. Open. So a lot of respect for the test that this golf course presents these players. And we're seeing, as we often do in a U.S. Open, by nature of the qualifying process, as we call it, the longest day in golf, we've seen some people on the leaderboard that, really earned their way in at the last minute. Uh, who of the names that people aren't as familiar with can you can you update us on? Yeah, Joel Damon, probably one of the names that uh, may be surprising to some of the viewers at home. He's a PGA Tour winner, but considered not even trying to qualify for this national championship. He had a very self-deprecating uh, character who was like, ah, I'm probably never going to win a major anyway. He Love this guy, his, Damon. His, Love him. His, I mean, you got to love that. He's just very, very different compared to kind of the, the, the strong, studly, you know, kind of straight out of central casting, John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler or Rory McIlroy. But here he is, you know, at a flat-footed tie with Colin Morikawa and saying, you know what, maybe I was a bit of a salesman. I'm here, you know, might as well try to win the darn thing. So I think he's someone that the, the, that the viewers and the folks on, on site here at Brookline can kind of appreciate and, and get behind. And also some of the, the other players, like an MJ... Duffy from South Africa, who was, you know, broke um, by his own admission a few years ago, dealing with depression and injury and thinking he was going to quit professional golf because he just didn't have enough money to keep fighting and grinding, found a way, uh, had a great first couple of days, you know, kind of limped his way home yesterday, but still in the mix. Hayden Buckley, young player, Nick Hardy from the University of Illinois, and that's what makes the U.S. Open so great. It's it's open, more than 9,000 entries into this national championship, down to 156 players, a field of major champs and Corn Ferry Tour players and 57-year-old Fran Quinn. I mean, this is what the U.S. Open is truly all about. I think that Joel Damon, with the bucket hat, is the everyman golfer in this 122nd national championship. Yeah, I was thinking he could be Jason Duffner's baby brother. (laughs) (laughs) That works, too. He just got that kind of, you know, that dad bod. And just the, uh, looks like he could be the, you know, your next door neighbor and not a guy vying for a national championship. Or he might be pulling his fishing pole out of his bag to, <laughs> to you know, to catch one uh, in one of the ponds. So uh, you mentioned Rory earlier. I thought Rory looked a little tired yesterday. You know, he has been on quite a roll. Uh, are you afraid he might run out of some gas? Or do you think Rory has just sees this is his time to get back on the major track and be a champion again. Yeah, I don't see him running out of gas. He, he's trying to kind of fool himself, he said. He's trying to treat this as if he's never won a major championship before. Stay focused. Stay hungry. It's been eight years. So, you know, from, you, from a career standpoint, it probably feels like he hasn't won one because it's been so long. I think you'll find the energy. Sometimes when you come off a win, you know, contention – is stressful also. You know, you know you're playing great golf, but man, it's hard to, to kind of get back on the horse when you were battling 
you know, Justin Thomas and Tony Finau the week before. So he's got to kind of, you know, re-energize himself, get focused, which he is. He's playing great golf. He says this is the kind of quality of golf that he hopes to play, expects to play one shot out of the league going into this third round. Uh, I'm not worried about him physically. I, I think the the pressure of trying to win a major championship for the first time since 2014 is a storyline he's tired of talking about as a great opportunity to change that this weekend. Rory definitely has a newly lit fire, I would say, his focus and his desire to, to win. Uh, as I look down this leaderboard, it is jam-packed. We're talking, you know, minus ones that are just a few strokes out of the leads and you know, the likes of Xander Shoffley, and we know Will Zalatoris has played so great in the majors. This young stud, you know, kind of reminding us of Colin Morikawa, how he came out of the blocks. And you got Keegan Bradley, who's sort of the hometown boy here uh, at minus one. And Brooks Kepka uh, shooting a 67 yesterday to get back into, into major contention. Yeah, just a bunch of great names, some familiar, some not so. Brooks Kepler trying to, like Rory, add a fifth major championship to the resume. Love what he said yesterday. Maybe folks don't like me because I'm so confident. Uh, Bo Hostler, who you know, famously as a teenager led on part of day two of the U.S. Open 10 years ago at the Olympic Club, starting to find some form just one shot back. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, who seems to arrive at every tournament under the radar, underappreciated, even though he has four wins and is the number one player in the world and won the Masters. Scotty Scheffler, someone who has a little bit of extra knowledge, having played here uh, nine years ago in the U.S. Am. So I just think it's a, a delicious leaderboard set up for the, for the fans at home and here in the Boston area. And speaking of amateurs, we have one that, uh, several that made the cut. Uh, Austin Greaser. How about that for a golf name, Damon? Oh, it, it's a great name. It's a reminder of just how good these young players are. Austin Greaser, uh, Travis Vick, who is an amateur as well, went to the University of Texas. In fact, Travis uh, has a connection to Andy Pettit, former New York Yankees great, the pitcher who uh, is like friends with the Vick family. So Andy Pettit was actually in the gallery uh, this week here um, at the country club. So you're right, amateurs, you're much like Augusta National. There's always an appreciation for the amateur golfer here um, in a U.S. Open. And I think the more the time goes on as the amateurs continue to be televised on Golf Channel, College Golf, East Lake Cup, we're getting to know these players. They're playing in front of cameras uh, much earlier in their career than they did 25, 30 years ago. So for me... Not a big surprise to see some amateurs play their way into the weekend, even at this difficult test of golf. Yes, they they come out, and they're prepared, and they're ready, and they have the confidence. We had a little fireside chat with Curtis Strange on Wednesday in the press room. Somebody was asking him about, did he did, was he very friendly with Nick Faldo, and how did that playoff round go on that Monday? He said, we basically shook hands, said good luck, and that was it. He said, you know, I wouldn't give a guy a chance to get inside my head. He said, I look at these guys now, and, you know, they're, they're smiling and they're chatting. It's, it's a different game because these guys have grown up uh, playing junior golf together and, you know, the junior tours and college, and the sportsmanship's at a, a completely different level, I think. 
Yeah, the elbows were a little bit sharper back in the day. But I do love the kind of message that Justin Thomas sends. He's friends with Jordan Spieth, and he's friends with these guys out here. But he says inside the ropes, uh, he said a couple of years ago, I want to make these guys quit golf. <laughs> he wants to beat them so badly. I thought that was just a wonderful example of how you can be a, a, a good sportsman and competitor um, and be friends with some of these guys. But, you know, when it's time to put those 14 clubs in the bag and, and compete for a, a major championship, JT is all business. So break down for me, Colin Morikawa. You know, he's uh, struggled a little bit with with his swing, we know he's one of the best iron players uh, one, when he's on and with what looks like some windy conditions. Uh, he has been sorting out his swing over the last two weeks, went home to Las Vegas. What, what do you see and what can we expect, do you think, from Colin? Yeah, arrived here having missed the cut at the Memorial, a place where he had played so well. Said he had uh, forgotten how to hit a, a fade all of a sudden with his irons, arrived here hitting a draw, which is not his customary go-to shot. So so Colin said, you know what, I'm, I'm hitting a, a two, three-yard draw instead of my normal fade, so I'm just going to go ahead and stick with that, not fight it. And it speaks to his talents and his comfort level in majors that he's been able to put together his 500-round score through 36 holes um, despite not seeing the golf ball move in the way that it typically does for him. Speaks to his mental strength and toughness, I think, that he's been able to cobble together two good scores. And also the fact that he loves this type of competition. The harder the golf course, the better he plays. Such a steady player, wonderful iron player. Man, it's going to be tested today, Holly G, because the wind is up. Can he continue to find comfort? Because he had the easier wave which is early, late, Thursday, Friday. Now you get into the weekend. Slippery greens, higher winds. Will he continue to be comfortable standing over the golf ball and really kind of owning this draw that he's hitting when everything has told him for much of his career to hit fades? So that's going to be fascinating to watch over these final 36 holes in tough conditions. Couldn't agree more. And uh, final thoughts, Damon, uh, Phil Mickelson shooting 11 over. He is out of here. Uh, what's next for Phil in this whole controversy with Live Golf and the, the future of the majors? Yeah, when the mind aches, the body seems to cry out. And Phil Mickelson, of course, a World Golf Hall of Fame member who has decided to join the Live Golf Series uh, had a very contentious press conference on Monday talking about his reasoning for jumping ship from the PGA Tour, expected to be seen at that Portland event in a couple of weeks, the first Live Golf Series event in the United States. Uh, we imagine he will be allowed into the Open Championship at St. Andrews as he was allowed into the U.S. Open here. But I could just see from his body language not quite the comfort level that we're used to seeing Phil have inside the ropes. Faced a few cheers, mostly cheers, from the gallery, he obviously has built a, a resume and some reservoir of goodwill from a lot of the fans. But I tell you what, uh, the golf was not there for him uh, off the tee or on the greens. And he just looks like um, not a broken man, but just an uncomfortable man who's usually at his most comfortable uh, on a golf course competing for the big-time tournaments. In terms of raising that trophy on Sunday, Damon, throw your dart. Who do you think it's going to be? Well, I'll tell you what, I picked Joaquin Neiman at the start of the week. 
Uh, he's still in the mix, six shots back going into the weekend. So I'm not going to uh, abandon him at this point. It's going to be tough to make up those six shots, even with 36 holes, just because the conditions are so tough. Of all the men on the leaderboard right now, John Rahm, to me, you know, who kind of taking the page out of the Brooks Kepka playbook, he feels like he has a title to defend, and these players are going to have to take that trophy out of his hands, much as Brooks felt when he went back-to-back at Aaron Hills and Shinnecock Hills. I think John Rahm is the name that carries the most weight on this leaderboard, and I think he'll be the guy to hoist that trophy Father's Day tomorrow. Well, we are in agreement there. He's my pick as well. And, Damon, let my listeners know how they can follow all the coverage on Golf Channel and NBC today. Yeah, today on Peacock till noon, then 12 to 8 p.m. on NBC. Should be a fantastic Saturday and then Sunday as well. And, of course, live from over on Golf Channel when play wraps up this evening. Damon Hack, co-host of Golf Today and on the course at the U.S. Open at the Country Club. Thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you, Holly G.